Yep, today's Friday the 13th. For a few different reasons, we are doing uh, today's episode uh, over Zoom. It seems to be a troubling time. Sam's like, who do I post? I'm like, you're not going to ask me that question seriously because I'm going to tell you the, the answer. We don't get political. Yeah, I'm honestly, maybe now's the time to like bring out the like Mario flags from like the, the Super Mario Brothers game. Just put one of those up, see who jumps on it. I think now's the time to bring it out. Damn, Mario and Luigi, that's the big fight of today. All I know is in these political times, these unsure times, there's one thing we can all unite around. It's plumbers jumping on poles, stomping on Goombas that you can trust. Uh, as we figure it out, who fired the first shell? Uh, we wait and see. Green shell, red shell, blue shell. These are the questions that keep us up at night. Yeah, especially with Donkey Kong on the rise. With Donkey Kong on the rise, you know, the big question is, you know, who was in DK country first? Diddy Kong, Dixie Kong. Got a lot, a lot of questions you got to get answered before we can move on. But that's why we're talking about movies. Sound, speeding, camera, rolling scene 36, take 303, mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by 4-Way Media, the podcast with the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari. I'm J.P. Brooks. We're talking everything film and television. And today we are talking about Terrifier and Terrifier 2. But first, in cinematic news. Cinematic news. Some projections came in for the Marvels. They said early box office projections, the numbers are 72% worse than Ant-Man Quantumania. Yo, that's bad. 72% worse? Worse than Ant-Man. Also, I mean, don't, don't release the film. I don't know what to tell you. Disney is also under fire for using AI actors in a recent Disney Plus film. They, uh, they have replaced background actors. Are they just trying to keep everybody out of work? Is that like their goal? Yeah, uh, the comment section says Skynet. Wow, what a what a pull. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, we're already past Back to the Future times. And uh, speaking of bigger budgets, uh, A24 is reportedly expanding its action and big IP projects after a lot of box office losses. So they're not going to stick with the indies. They're going to kind of promote more bigger budget films. I think you've just been trained that people only go out for big blockbuster films. Yeah, I mean, the only way to change that is with the people. And again, yeah. as much as I joke about the whole Barbie situation, like, here's the thing. There were so many people that went to the movie theaters that weekend for Barbie and Oppenheimer. If they just went to the theaters more often, and if they, you know, boycotted essentially the movies that we are getting tired of, you can change the way that you know things are going um yeah, you, can, you can change the movie landscape you can change the the way it is but um i'm really seeing a lot from the video watch but it's like yeah if you keep feeding people the same thing that's what they're going to want to consume that's what's going on in cinematic news terrifier huh terrified me i'll tell you that Nick, i was like i was just i know you're like your range for what you're gonna go for and i'm like it's too low hanging surely he won't do it right i i love my puns um, so yeah, we're talking about Terrifier 1 and 2. Uh, both of them are retro movies. They're both not 2023 releases. And uh, the reason we did is because there's nothing really out there in the movies for us to go for, except unless we want to go see the Taylor Swift concert. And even though I'm a big Swifty, we're not going to go see that. You're a Swifty. Are you not? I don't. When she said the old Taylor is dead, I died with her. But yeah, so we didn't go see the Eras Tour. Instead, we saw Terrifier 1 and 2. I got a problem already. Why are you calling Terrifier 1? It's just Terrifier. I, I, I misspoke. Uh, <laughs> Terrifier 
<laughs> I'm not in front of you today, so I'm just I'm just combative as hell today. I'm just yeah, you're so you. aggressive right now. Uh, but today we're talking about Terrifier. We're going to talk about Terrifier two after the break. But yeah, for it's Terrifier one, just so you know, Nick. I know you didn't say the number, so yeah. yeah. But the original came out in 2016. It was uh, a follow up to a short film uh, called Hollows Eve. I, it's written and directed by Damien Leone. It stars Jenna Cannell, Samantha Scafidi, David Howard Thornton, and Catherine Crocken. Terrifier follows a clown, a guy dressed up in a clown suit, who goes around killing people on Halloween night. Initial first thoughts, I was... It's exactly what I kind of expected from it, because I knew it was a low-budget horror film. And when you watch this film, it 100% reads as low budget horror film it reminded me of what it was like to make the killer in the house again and um you can see all that really harsh lighting when the shadows are covering the eyes and everything it just uh brought me back to like a time of like yeah you know you could you can make a movie and you can you can make a movie with little money does it work though that's something that we're going to talk about what about you what do you think uh well i've heard about this movie from internet culture it kind of blew up um youtubers started like doing reactions to it and it just slowly started to build up and i couldn't believe the score it got i will say i was impressed uh for what i expected especially i was coming in with like all these big expectations the hype around it i'm confused about this movie i think i have a rating for it but i'm still confused about it yeah i mean both of the films were interesting i think the second one more so for a lot of different reasons but the first one is just so striking because one the character of Art the Clown is such an iconic kind of figure now. Like he really does have a presence in the horror world in such a short time. And he's a great concept, but it wasn't executed as perfectly as it could have been. I think he just gets by on the look. And that probably comes down to more like actions that Art takes more than anything else. Yeah, because like it seems a little random. But I don't know if like no offense, like I don't I didn't expect purpose. Like I didn't think it just seems like a creepy dude just being creepy. I mean, that's the to me, that's the whole purpose. And it's like, what's the intent of the film? And I think the film like I don't know about you. I think one's better than two. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I've heard a lot of people think two is better than one. I definitely am leaning one more so probably because of runtime. Runtime helps because the first one is a lot shorter. Shorter doesn't mean better. If you pace the mm-hmm. movie properly, then it plays better. And I think the first one is paced. If like, there's one good thing you can say about it for sure, it's, it's paced pretty well. We get to the point right off the bat. We build some tension early on, and even when people are exploring, trying to run away from the clown, I feel like it does build the tension. Um, the beginning is a little weak. It's I think it's slow to get there, but once we just once we get to it, it it goes and it it's a solid film. I think it's a solid film. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's as good people make it out to be, but I think it's good. Yeah, I'm leaning towards more the average area. I don't think there's anything special going on here, but I think that there's an idea here that is definitely worth exploring. Well, I actually think it's special, not because of the movie itself, but because of the current state of movies. And I think that's what makes movie. but I'll talk more about that later. This is not a character study, but... The clown, I definitely think, stands out the most. Uh, the makeup job is really nice. The The design of Art the Clown is just amazing. I think it's just very iconic uh, how they put that together. 
um, worst performance I'd have to give to the janitor. I thought he was pretty good. No. Wait, the exterminator guy? Yeah. He was my favorite character. What are you talking about? He was hilarious, but I don't think he was like, you know. No, second party girl, drunk girl gets sliced in half. Spoiler alert. I mean, there was a lot to, you know, compare to. The bald guy? The bald guy. Dude, he's like one of the better ones. What are you talking about? Who's who's your worst? It's Party Girl. Party Girl number two, party Blondie. Girl. Yeah. Okay. I didn't lean Party Girl. I think just because I feel like the script is weak in terms of the dialogue. Uh, yeah, like it feels like a lot of throwaway lines that I know if you saw in a script, you would be like, don't need this. Don't need that. Don't need that. <laughs> Reword this. It sounds immature. Like. It really does. Like when we when we were talking about making Exposed a few weeks ago and we talk about how much di- how different this is compared to what we started with. Mm. And this is what I feel like we started with. It's, it had like this immature kind of sound to it and we couldn't hear it because we were 23. Um, but now we can hear it so well at, at 30. Definitely. Definitely agree with all those things. Yeah, you look at it through a different lens. Now, I I definitely was definitely more just your friend who will just do whatever you ask him to do back then. So I didn't like look at a script. I didn't look at anything like that. You're like, it's good. It's good. It's good. You wrote it. It must be good. But now now that you got (laughs) stakes and different things, now you're like really delving deep into, you know, what makes a good movie. And we learned that a lot of this dialogue wasn't really necessary. Yeah. And I agree. A lot of the dialogue in this movie is not necessary. The best character is Art the Clown. No, without question. Probably now one of, I I imagine it's going to be one of the most iconic uh, horror creatures, villains of of all time. There is something great about the fact that he doesn't talk. It is so freaking good. And the actor for this guy, I think his name is David, David Thornton or something like that. This guy kills it and never says a word absolutely crushing it even to the point where he doesn't laugh out loud yeah it's he, so he has the face of laughter without the actual laughter and you can almost hear it but you don't, you don't and yeah. i think that i think it is an interesting take because i feel like it definitely could have went freddy krueger vibes and he could have been like shouting off like you know one-liners and stuff like that but i think Having him not say anything really does add another layer to it, especially that he's a clown. And a lot of kids growing up had fears about clowns. Were you uh, one of those people or no? No, I've never, um, never mind clowns so much. But just to be clear, the clown that we're talking about, it's uh, Peru or Perot. This is a French style clown. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not an American style clown. When we think American style clown, curly hair, circus. Uh, this is Perot. Yeah, it's similar to um, miming. Yes, also. but it's so distinct from being just like a regular mime. It is very much a clown. It looks like a clown. Um, uh, those clowns, do, I believe, do say silent like mime. So, mm-hmm. um, besides him, I don't think anyone. Obviously, I think mo- most people are doing bad or just their job. I will say I think the sister of the main character, uh, Victoria, I believe her name is the character. Yeah. She does a good job. And that's the nice part about working with like not so famous actors and actresses is you actually learn the character's name. <clears throat> so Victoria and I think the creepy woman. I actually I I enjoyed that. If I had to pick a second after the clown, yeah. I think it would have been that woman. I mean, this is such a crazy movie, so I could see why they didn't. If it was a real baby and like that was a real mom. 
I think like that would have been like a great role for her, making it a fake baby and a crazy person. Uh, you can still kind of feel for her though, so that's why I would I would lean her as the second place. Now I I know you were cringing in the middle of Saw X. How did you feel with the gore in this? Yeah, same thing. Not feeling too good. Eventually, you just get over it because it just happens so much and you desensitize. But I was still not comfortable with the uh, when he what he does to the uh, second party girl, the blonde girl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this almost became a date movie yesterday, and I'm so glad that it wasn't because, I mean, Sam is kind of like used to these things from like working in a hospital and stuff, like nothing to that extent, but you yeah. know, she's, she's seen some stuff. And uh, I was like, it's a good thing. You went to bed early last night because things got, things got real after 10 o'clock. Um, but yeah, no, the gore definitely, uh, was intense. And I think the second party girl that was probably the one that really like, you know, did it for me outside of the eating the face. Yeah. Well, the, the costume on that is like disturbing as this movie going for it's going for disturbing. So this is like why I think one is really good is because if the gore is not done this way, what's the movie, you know? I feel like because it's so low budget like this, it needs that gore, the craziness to really make it stand out. The only other thing I'd see is that like you do some really you do a character study of Art the Clown, very similar to like the Joker, but more twisted. Um, I haven't heard this term in a long time, but slaughterhouse films. There is like a collection of filmmakers. I forget who all of them are. I know Eli Roth is in one of them. Yeah, um, they're called uh, the Splat Pack. It's a group of directors who did ultra gory horror films where the blood literally splatters all over the place. And uh, Eli Roth, if you remember, he's the guy that made uh, the Green Inferno. I guess really that's the scene that sticks out the most uh, as far as um, the crazy, you know, cutting scene um, with the girl. The only other one that I think really sticks out is actually the confrontation with the cops. Mm -hmm. uh, a little unexpected. I don't know about you. I did not. I didn't see that at all, but I also didn't see the first time when he whipped out the gun. I did oh, that not was hysterical. I I I jumped and my mouth was like floored because I was like, I did not think that that was going to be a part of his arsenal. Like I thought it was just strictly blades and stuff like that. I was like, just whips out of a gun, no problem. When he whips out that gun, I'm like laughing hysterically. <laughs> it's like so out of out of nowhere completely just random uh the literally he, out of his pocket literally out of pocket just <laughs> i was dying and then like you see it there it's like oh he's gonna torment this girl nope bang, bang. yeah it really did feel like that scene from indiana jones when he whips out the gun and just yeah. shoots the guy that has like the the swords that's exactly the words that we're looking for shocking shock value it's definitely a horror film different from a lot of the ones we've been seeing in the theater recently where we can predict the next moves in this one. No idea. Not a single thing. And I think that's true to the character and who they are. And I, I'm be honest. That's why I really, that's why I enjoy this film, which is why I think I would watch it. Like I get why people like this movie. I think I'd watch it before a lot of the stuff we've seen this year. What's not working in this movie? I don't care too much about our characters. It's kind of hard. Minus the sister, which I think does the best job. I do care about her. Um, because it kind of feels unfair that she's sort of just dragged, dragged into, the... into this without yeah, she's brought into this. And it's not really her fault. 
I don't really feel bad for the blonde girl. She's not making fun of him too much, but she kind of is. She's taunting him a little bit. Um, it actually is is a decent film because I have a lot of questions, and so I'm invested. Not necessarily even like a death scene, but any like scenes that play very well. Because I'm leaning the pizzeria scene. Oh, for tension building? Yeah. He's just kind of still... I could have, I would have wanted him to be less playful for in between the shots, but, uh, you know, just having like an extreme stare down because imagine if that guy walked into any place and just sat down and was just staring you down the whole time that that is innately scary. And it would definitely build the tension in the room. And, uh, the fact that they just, you know, sat there and ate and he went in the bathroom and all that stuff. You know, he, she was sitting so close to him. When would he erupt? You know, you we we at that point we didn't know what he's capable of. That's a really that's a good point. I think I kind of overlooked that uh, scene a little bit because I do I just do think the beginning's weak. Um, but that is a strong point from it. The only other scene like I really do like getting because it's just so crazy and unexpected. I'm talking about the ending uh, when he's the confrontation with the cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure I liked the ending with the coroner scene when they. Yeah, I just felt like it dips into every other horror movie that you would uh It dips watch. in every other yeah, every other horror movie. What I liked about it was the fact that how it did end. So I I I enjoyed that that's how it ended because that truly is true to what the hell is going on here. I'm sure you picked up on it. it's a mon- uh, homage to 80s horror films. Yeah. And it very much plays like one. It, you know, it even looks like it was filmed with an older camera because of some of its lighting. I don't know if that was done on purpose, uh, but it seems very much that it was supposed to be like a trashy horror film. Yeah, and it it does that, but I think it's one of the better trashy horror films. It's taking a lot of risks, I think. It's playing safe with some of like the themes and like the goriness, but this movie goes for it. It's really just full extreme to one end. And it's saying that I think with what we have here, even though there's not a lot of character depth, there's not a lot of this. I think we're doing enough of we're pushing so much into this one aspect that it works. And I I think it does. And I think a lot of horror, a lot of movies just today are just about the cookie cutter, not taking risks where I'm not just bored the entire time or I know everything that's going to happen finally. Uh, and I think that's what is like making me like this film. As you sit down and talk about it, I had like a number in my head that I thought this is probably what this movie is. But the more we talk about it, the more it, I'm like, I'm surprised with the words that are coming out of my mouth. As you're talking, I'm still like trying to figure out which one that I want to do in particular. Yeah, it, I think it's tough to place it. Because then are you like, you know, marking it for other reasons outside the film? It's, you know, ratings are always tough. Final thoughts and ratings well, uh, for Terrifier 1. Yeah, I'll go first because I feel like you would be stressing and sweating your ass off if you went first. You have no idea. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, it's an average film. A lot of ways, it's a below average film. And a lot of ways, it's a, an above average film. So what can you really call this? It is a film. Is a, is a film. Damien Leone made a film. And honestly, it is low budget and trashy enough that it is not bad. It is still watchable. It is still entertaining. Obviously, there's a ton of gore. If you're not one of those people, this is not one of, one of the movies that you should watch. If, if Saw makes you uncomfortable, this will make you 10 times more uncomfortable. Um, I do think there's a lot of throwaway dialogue. There's a lot of characters that you don't necessarily like because of the way they're portrayed in the film. Uh, you're not sure if it's the script or the acting that's holding them back. 
uh cinematography is definitely very basic a lot of the times i'm just like waiting for the camera to move a little bit and be cinematic it definitely feels like a lot of prop plop the camera down and do your stuff there is enough where they're building tension but it also feels like sometimes the music cues don't come in and out fluid enough for me it is entertaining it's a little offbeat so I'm going to go in the middle and just make it easy for myself. I'm going to give it a three out of five. All right. Well, this is tough. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of good points you bring up. I, you know, I think it's hard, hard to disagree with them. It is it, this. See, here's what I love about this movie. It knows what it is, I think. I don't think it's going for anything. It's just really, like I said, dialing in and going doubling down on what it is and is unapologetic about it, which is what I really like. Sometimes movies will do things to like save audiences or like consider uh, the viewer and be like, oh, we can't do that to the viewer. They're just like, they don't care. They're going for it. Um, and I think if I were to watch this film on its own and outside of the context of all the horror movies I've been watching lately, I think this movie in reality is probably a two or a three. Um, and I can't believe I'm even considering what I'm about to give it. <laughs> I, re- I think it's a four. I can't believe I just said that. Oh, man. It's it, it, it's doing everything for me as a movie goer. One to few locations. Simple plot. Not a long runtime. Mystery. The only thing that's it's really bad, I got to say, I got to knock it for the writing, and you have to knock it for some of the acting, which would make it a three. But that feels disingenuous i have to give it a four i really like i think i'd watch it right now son of a (laughs) bitch i hate this movie i hate how this movie makes me feel i'm mad i'm genuinely upset this movie's a four i think i really when we go to the end of the year and we go through our list i'm definitely i I he's gonna adjust that to a five at the end of the year (laughs) (laughs) i'm pumping up it's a masterpiece making a five it's a (laughs) it's not bad for what it is for what for what they're able to accomplish with what they're running with I can't really be upset at them. It's a four. Well, after the break, knowing how JP gave Terrifier a four out of five, let's see what he gives Terrifier two after the break. Hey, you, why are you scrolling on Instagram, Spotify? Have you ever wondered like, hey, how do these guys who make advertisements for courses make the courses? Well, that's the good news. 14 days. That's right. In a 14 day program, 14 weeks, 14 days, I will transform you from just a basic beta bitch into something greater. You will be able to make advertisements just like me. What am I selling? Nothing. Is there a product? Absolutely not. And that's what our 14-week course is going to offer you. You'll be able to sell anything you want. Are we verified or backed by anybody? No. Is anybody checking to make sure that we have the credentials to do this? Absolutely not. So stop worrying about why you can't do something. Start worrying about why you can't. We at Hanson Productions make courses that are able to transform anyone into anything. Stop going to traditional colleges where you'll be backed by an educator who might know what they're talking about and start going to online universities where nothing is fact-checked, nothing is truly known except one thing, making that money. I started this 14-week course about making 14-week courses and look at me now. I'm in the same exact place I was 14 weeks ago. Look how far I've come. You want to be a video game designer? Great. Make a 14-week course about it. Have you never painted in your life? Make a 14-week course about it. Have you wondered why you lose every argument? 
make an argumentative 14-week course about making argumentative 14-week courses. Stop listening to those around you about getting a job and an education and start doing online courses verified by no one. Use hashtag fact checks don't matter and save 14% on your next 14-week course course maker. If you do not refund within 14 weeks or if you refund outside of 14 weeks, we will not accept it. This episode is powered and sponsored by Fort Way Media. Whether it's a special event, your wedding day, or maybe a small business looking to make an advertisement or commercial. Four-Way Media is the obvious choice. They turn everyday life into a cinematic experience. When you want to capture those special moments, look no further. Stop what you're doing. Check out fortwaymedia.com. Book an appointment today and don't miss out on another chance to get what you want in front of the big screen. Whether it is expert videography or photography, Fortway Media can match exactly what you're looking for. Fortway Media is known for helping out small businesses and everyone reach their dreams. Sign up today. And we're back. And before we hop into Terrifier 2, uh, today's What If is a question that revolves around the, the new movie, uh, it chapter one and two that Pennywise, the actor that plays in Bill Skarsgård, if you remember, he was the bad guy in uh, John Wick chapter four, just to put a face to it. He wasn't the original choice. The original choice was Will Pelter. Oh, That's Will the Pal- yeah, yeah, I know. Pol- Polter? Yeah, yeah, Polter Pelter, close enough. Yeah. He's also done a lot of good work as a Joker on Gotham. How do you think that could have changed the film? Yeah, he's Midsommar. He's one of the people that go there. I know. Yeah, I know who he is. Will Poulter for sure more than Bill Skarsgård. Um, but the problem is Pennywise's face iconic built with Bill Skarsgård. Like the even the new it, he like redefined the Pennywise face because now I associate it more with him than I do uh Bill Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yeah. I associate more with him than I do that. I it would just be a different face. And I think Pennywise, you know, the clown face is really what makes it. I think um, I can go with the face. I think anything under the intense makeup that they did for him. I think it definitely would look slightly different, but I think it would still be workable. For me, I think it's the voice. It kind of goes back to like the Mark Hamill situation of like, mm. if you ask me from Star Wars, like, oh, should we cast that guy as Joker? Absolutely not. And then he does like an insane voice in the room. So like, I'd have to, I'd have to see, hear the voice to know. They even just showed a picture of him like smiling normally, like Pennywise without makeup, and he still looks like. like is really good. I when, think Will Poulter could do it. That's one thing. I think he could do it. Because even when you saw John Wick Chapter 4, and I referenced him as Pennywise going from Pennywise to this, and you were like, that's him. Like, like it's one of those guys that like you kind of see in the background you wouldn't even notice. Mm. And uh, Will Poulter, I think he has more of a recognizable face. And a- a- having seen him do the Joker stuff, I-, I could see him doing it. I would just be interested to hear what his voice would have been. And it's funny though. Today we're also talking about different clowns, and you referenced, you know, the actor that plays the, you know, Art the Clown. If he was played by anyone else, you know, how different would this movie be? I can't imagine. He's putting both of these films on his back. I will say, as far as our main girl goes, you could, since like in the first movie, the fir- our first main girl dies early, halfway through, which is also very shocking, and um, a nice twist. And then the second girl becomes our main girl. You know, but Sienna does a very good job in this movie. So we're talking about Terrifier 2, uh, also written, directed and edited by Damien Leone. It is also shot by the same person. I know we don't talk about cinematographers enough, but 
since we're doing the same, uh, you know, one and two back to back, it's worth noting that it was also directed by the same cinematographer. Uh, it was also shot by the same cinematographer, uh, George Stuber. It stars Lauren Lavera, Elliot Fullman, Sarah Voigt, Kaylee Hyman, Casey Hartnett, and David Howard Thornton. Terrifier 2 follows after Terrifier, where Art the Clown is back. And this time we follow Sienna, a young girl, and that's it. We follow her and Art the Clown and their relationship. And we learn a little bit more about Art and he kills people again. And that's Terrifier 2. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are not plot, you know, notable for their plot, but they're notable for its gore. And first initial takes, the gore factor goes up yet again. Somehow. Uh, yeah. If you thought you could outdo that one, they, they pretty much go for it in the first scene. They take somebody's just just to paint you a picture. They take a random character's eyeball out of his head and the uh, the clown places it in front of his own eye. And he's like, ta-da. Uh, again, without saying any words uh, across the film. And initial first thoughts, I thought it was it was an experience, I would say. It's exactly what you would think when you give someone more money to make a better film, but not necessarily a greater film. That's how I would characterize it. What did you think? They definitely, everything has stepped up. Everything looks better in a lot of ways of all the things that you might've complained about with the first one, um, they improve on. And yet some of the things that they try differently doesn't necessarily work. Um, and I did not enjoy the second one as much as the first one, because the first one knows what it is. The second one is trying to be more, than what the film is and i think for the way it's all set up they make a valiant effort i think it's a good attempt i just don't think it works in the end that's a good way to put it because i definitely can see like you know they're using their money wisely they're putting yes. it towards things that actually do matter and you know bumping up that cinematography definitely makes it feel less of an indie film less of a fly by night like we scrounged up some money and put together a movie and it makes it look like there's like a big studio behind it but even with its main credits and everything you know that it's still a pretty small cast and crew still in itself and i would say that yeah um the writing they definitely beefed it up in a sense whether it's good or not that's a different question and the runtime i think is my biggest gripe with this because you don't need a two-hour slasher film. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I see this one, even though it is a sat, slasher feels like the subgenre of the film, uh, dare I say, it doesn't necessarily feel like a slasher film anymore. It feels like a hybrid between slasher and Halloween, which you would say, I have an argument that the original Halloween is not a slasher flick, uh, but that's just my hot take. Could be one we explore later on, maybe towards yeah. our Halloween special. We, you know, when we yeah, I, I don't think Halloween is actually a slasher film. Slashing occurs, but it's not a slasher film. It's a slasher film with, I would say, like a psychological drama. Yeah, because they really try to beef up the relationships within the the family, the main family. Yeah, it's like a family drama that happens to be trapped in a in a slasher. There should be an Oscar. That goes to the woman that played the mother for the get to your room. So if you thought acting was there were some actors that were bad in the first one, the mom takes the get the Razzie like you've earned it. Let me Hold add my him. beer. Hold Let me add beer. him. 
hold my beer. I, Let me I feel bad. Listen, I don't, I don't like, you don't want to trash action actors, especially at their level, you know, that are not themed different. It just, but you got to be honest too. It wasn't a great job. It definitely pulled away from a lot of what was going on. And I have a feeling, obviously, because we've done things before. I have a feeling she crushed the audition, like did pretty well. But then when it came time for it to actually like act and it seemed like maybe direction might've been tough to give. That's just my interpretation of what happened. Maybe, you know, they're thinking we got to dial this up. We got to do this, that, and the other thing for the, for the sequel, maybe a lot of the concern was around art, the clown and just making sure that he, you know, was presented perfectly and everything else that throwaway lines like that. They really didn't care about. Yeah. Fall away to the wayside. Yeah. Yeah, and there's actually two reasons why uh, we uh, pulled out Terrifier 1 and 2 today. Neither of us have seen these films. We've only seen it maybe in memes or, or, mm-hmm. or stuff like that, articles, and I always heard that it was a terrifying film. And the second one immediately jumped onto my watch list because we met one of the actors in Terrifier 2, and I, I honestly use the word met very uh, I underplay it here because we worked with one of the actors here. Um, Charlie, yeah. Charlie McElveen. He only has like a few scenes in this. Uh, his, his death. But he scene. does a good job. Not going to lie. Charlie, he plays the, he plays the character. He's supposed to play well and actually does a pretty good job. Like a little bit better. He's a little bit more memorable uh, than some of the other character types that fall into that role. He is. So I met Charlie in the audition room and um, I'm not I don't think you were there for this one. I was not. No, Brittany was there. Mm. Uh, We pulled in Charlie. He's, you know, one of the intruders in uh, 12 Midnight. And it was just so it's so great to see them succeed actors that you worked with and to go see him on the big screen and stuff like that. I didn't get a chance to see Terrifier 2 when it originally came out. But seeing him this morning, I was like, Oh my God, there, there he is. There he like, is. like we, we lived upstate with this guy. We fed him meatballs and everything else. But uh, yeah, you got yeah. to do it longer. I had to leave for uh, a yeah, good you're... chunk of the 12 midnight, but I guess catch the end. But um, no, it, and I'm being honest, like not just because we, you know, you worked with him or we, we've worked on a thing before. He generally does a good job in the movie. He so. really does because I thought, honestly, I don't even think it's a hot take because a lot of people agreed with mm-hmm. the same thing. The hot take is coming later. But yeah. one, Charlie, I think, is an incredible actor. I'm not saying that because I worked with him. I I worked with him because he's an incredible actor. Like I saw that in the audition room. I was like, yes, that's definitely someone I want to work with. And two, uh, it was really great working with him. He's a very he's very great at taking uh, direction. And uh, the hot take here is that immediately after working with him on 12 minute, I was like, this would be a perfect person for the uncharted movie. Mm. Like if you perfect Nathan and much better than what Tom Holland was doing in that movie. That's just my hot take of the day is that I had the perfect Nathan Drake and nobody knows this other than yeah. um, obviously Nathan uh, Fillion talking about the terrifier Two, terrifier Two is that because it goes for a lot of character tropes in this one, it really is very tropey more than the first one, which is why I think I don't like it as much. Charlie is playing a very tropey character here, right? In a very tropey scene. In a very tropey scene and as a very tropey character. And you would think like these easy characters, like the mom, it's 
actually really easy to mess up. It's actually pretty hard to do it and either and be forgettable, which I think is the job is to be forgettable. And I think Charlie, well, we're not going to forget him because we know, but like he's not annoying. He does his lines well. He knows who he is. Not yeah. a douchebag. Really fun character. Really fun death scene. If you can, yeah. you know, have fun out of that. Um, like I was wondering how it was gonna go because I knew, like, you know, I knew he wasn't a big part of it, but I knew, yeah. like, you know, he had to go at some point. And I was like, how is it gonna happen? And at a, a thousand guesses, I would not have got gotten that. Well, shout out to him and good luck to him and his future. Because even if you can take like a trophy character and not be like awful like good that that is the true mark of a of an actor good for him yeah and uh already i know we missed the movie but i'm definitely yeah. gonna check it out uh we wanted to also check out the creator he's in that yeah. um and then he's also in a new fx show about a baseball uh, basketball team now back to terrifier 2 as a whole so besides yeah. the mom and charlie um i think obviously art the clown kills it again does a great job I necessarily didn't do it for me was the inclusion of the female clown. I think that was a little bit too much that we didn't necessarily need it. Um, I think that's part of the rewrites from moving from one to two that they were like, oh, we need to expand this, that, and the other thing. And that's not one of the things that we really needed expanding on. Yeah, I think having a little female clown, I think, takes away from art. So I kind of like that she's imaginary. I, if I had to choose between two, I'd much prefer the imaginary, I should say. Uh, but I'm not sure I'm vibing with it at all. But I do think it give, you have to kind of give some explanation. We got to explore art a little bit. I don't know if I would have went this way, but it is an option you could have went. And they took it, and it is what it is. I think it was uh, music over acting because uh, in the first one, as we said, there were a lot of throwaway dialogue lines that we didn't need or didn't want or didn't sound good. And I think maybe Damien Leone understood that upon entering the second movie and was like let's do more show don't tell but then showed us about 40 much 40 minutes too much all the behind the scenes stuff actually improved the editing improved cinematography improved all that other stuff improved what went down was the plot and the story it's just nice to watch i and maybe mentioned the first one too but i i'm just nice to watch outside of big budget indie films outside of big budget and they're is it nice to watch people try? Is that what I like? 21 Jump Street. Look at him trying. Look at him, look at him go for it. Um, I also don't think, but again, I still don't think this is a cookie cutter film. Um, which is, is what not. I still like about it. It still, still has like that, it. it still has that shock value. Um, what were uh some standout scenes to you? I know Charlie's stuck out, obviously, to me. Yeah, for yeah, for me too, obviously, for a bunch of different reasons. I really liked Sienna's. I thought the the cl all the clown stuff in the dream world as much as i didn't like it for the plot i thought it was really cool though the scene um, aesthetically yeah aesthetically it, and just everything else i thought it was like wow this is awesome this is what you gave them some money and they they took it like even the song and everything mm -hmm. awesome i think they did a great job with that um i think the costume store scene was really good that's the thing. There's so many good scenes in this movie, but when you stitch them together, that's where it loses it. And ah, uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really annoyed. I really like the shot with the girl and Art is in the with the lights off in the kitchen. I don't know. There's like a lot of good stuff here. Now the first film had the scene. We both agreed that the scene that really took us out, that really made us squirm in our seats, was the party girl uh, getting sawed in half. Yeah. Uh, this one. 
Was there a scene that equaled that? I don't think anything beat that one, to be honest. I thought there was just a lot more gore. I did not like how he killed the friend. That's the one that I was going to pick because I felt like that one was just like such a hard thing to like keep your both eyes open and watch because it looked very realistic. I mean, to a sense, Uh, obviously not when he rips his rips the arm off, but it is intense. Yeah, it's intense. I wish uh, one thing I wish I think they missed on or maybe just didn't come together well is like when they shoot the mom's face off and it's all I I kind of wanted more of a reaction from the kid. Yeah, I think it could be um, just like mostly traumatizing for him. And then also just to bring it up. I think there's like an unwritten rule that you can't, uh, you know, inflict damage to children in a in a film and to see are the clown not. Necessary. He held back a little bit, I think. Yeah, but for sure. For he sure. still did a lot of damage to the to the kid in the movie, and I did not expect that at all. So again, once again, it the shock value is there. There's like shock value for the face of shock value, right? But this movie is saying, no, we are shock value. That's what we do. That's what we are. And to so to bite the kid's leg, as much as I expect them to do it, I still don't expect them to do it. As you just like. It's like, yes, that makes sense that art would do that because um, that's real. And not again, not holding back on our movie. This is what you're going to see and do. It's um, interesting how many times the camera will cut away. Also, the the edits, they'll cut away from a certain thing. Like the amount of things you have shown us on this screen, but then sometimes they'll cut away for a quick like, uh, you know, gunfire or something like that. It's like. My guy, pick and choose. So it always has a sense where it it does something that you're not expecting it to do. Maybe when you're expecting just to see the end result, they cut away. When you're not expecting it, they show you everything or they show you something happening to a character that you thought was invulnerable. I think everything you're saying, you're like, yeah, it's all right. I think when we watch movies, especially now, now that I've done this, you know, so many episodes now. I don't. I don't watch movies the same anymore. I have a much different way I, I, I view them, for better or for worse. And I think people like we're trying to figure out movies. And this movie, no matter how many times you try to figure it out, it 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 doesn't let you. Which is, I think, definitely why I enjoy it more. So I'm gonna try to. Up- I'm gonna try to convince my dad to watch Terrifier two out of context. Interesting. I yeah. I haven't watched two, then haven't watched one. I'd actually like to hear what he says about that. Um. I would tell him one, but I just want him to see two just to see Charlie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because, I mean, I was clocking it because we're at home. It's not a theater. Um, 37 minutes of the minute, 37 minutes into the movie, barely anything happened in the story. It was a lot of world building. Yeah, and it feels like an homage to Halloween in a lot of ways, where I was surprised at how long nothing was happening in Halloween. Now, they're doing a lot more. They are building things like intentionally building tension and stuff so i don't want to say nothing's happening but it is in the vein of the slow the slow place the slow pace uh thriller kind of coming at you maybe i misspoke when i said nothing is happening i mean more in the sense of no i agree with you nothing is happening no i agree 100 percent. i'm just saying what i said like halloween that way i'm defending halloween saying okay gotcha technically nothing is happening but they're they're still doing things like they're they're building things. This one, genuinely, things are not happening. <laughs> Nothing's going on. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like if you compare this to any other slasher, like two or three people would have died already, and you would be halfway through your movie. So 
47 this, minutes. This isn't in. a slasher, though. I've already. Yeah, you've established this. So if you compared it to a slasher, I was saying, oh, is yeah. um, yeah, half your movie would be over, half the cast would be dead, and you would be moving into your third act. So very different things happening here. All right. So moving on to final thoughts and ratings, uh, you're up first. Terrifier 2 tries, and it really gives a good shot to what what can we do with we had a little bit and they've given a chance an opportunity i don't think they squandered it i think they they tried i think they did i just don't think in the end it totally works i think they a lot of things they improved upon they did that they needed to they improved upon and then a lot of things that went well they've kind of forgotten left behind it was a movie that i think screams ambition but the problem is the movie from what it was in one, and now you have expectations and ideas, I think it detracts too much away. Uh, it doesn't stay close to his roots, which I think it would have. I think if you keep some of these elements, which I do not mind, totally am okay with them, but not all of them. I think you need to remove some. If you're able to do that, I think Terrifier 2 could have been on the same vein as Terrifier. So that being said... I've been waiting a while to do this. And I, if we go look back at the track records for how long it's been, but Terrifier 2 gets a two from me. Wow. I did not see it go that way for you. As a whole, as a series, I think it's good. I think it's, uh, you know, in the four range, even with this one. But I think they, they, fumbled, they fumbled the ball a little bit too hard on this one. And to rank it even a three, I, I think it's fallen too far from the original. And I am going to compare it and hold it to the original. Um, because I think it matters because we watch them back to back. And I think that also is affecting the rating. Um, and I was genuinely bored through most of this movie. It is a long one. Um, I'm, I have no desire to go watch the second one ever again. And for me, it is very similar. I'm stuck between two numbers. Um, I liked one of the words you used, ambition, because it really does describe what they were doing in this movie. They were trying to actively, and it's really nice to see Again, somebody try and try to outdo themselves, try to do better. Uh, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time is John Carpenter, uh, who is known for making Halloween. Uh, one of the things he said he does when approaching a film is he makes a film as if it's the last film he's going to make. I mean, he's made so many classics, but they've never lived as classics when he first released them. So a lot of these movies bombed and he always thought he'd never get another chance to make a movie. And I appreciate what Damien Leone is doing here. He's putting everything out there to put his best work out there and make it as if this was his last movie. I think if it was 30, 40 minutes shorter, it definitely could have been a stronger film. I think if he just focused more on what worked in the first one, which again, script doesn't need to be perfect in a horror film. A lot of the best horror films don't have the best scripts. Um, the ones that do excel also have shorter run times. Or if they have longer run times, they have sh limited characters. And they're not going over the top with the gore. So it's really figuring out what works for your movie. And I think for such a movie, I wanted something closer to its original. So I'm going to have to lean high two. High two. <laughs> high two. Uh, two out of five. I, it's kind of inspiring this has been an episode of take three thanks so much for watching uh, i'd love to hear your thoughts on terrifier uh and terrifier 2 so um our poll question will be which one do you think is better terrifier or terrifier 2 
And then our question of the week will be is what was like the first gore film you've ever seen? Or Nick, you can even throw this one in there. How do you like gore in movies? Why or why not? I know me. I don't like them. I'm curious to hear what everybody else thinks. Make sure you're following us at take.303 on Instagram. Make sure you're following us on Spotify. Leave a rating and make sure we're going to have different episodes coming out. It is our 31 days of Halloween here at take 303. Check out Instagram where we're going to be posting our five star, four star, three star, two star, one star ratings of all the different movies we have lined up. Uh, we have episodes coming out on Saturday this month, uh, special one-off episodes. So you can take a listen uh, and join us for the spooky season of Halloween. Get to the spooky mood. Thanks so much for watching. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.